Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Spirituality and Magic Podcast. I'm your host once again, and today I am joined by... Lena. And Josh. Excellent. So uh, today we're going to be talking about magic. I'm going to get perspectives from two people that do not practice magic, and I'm going to give some uh, some uh, feedback in turn, and we're going to kind of go from there. It's going to kind of evolve organically. So, uh, Lena, I guess we can start with you as far as uh, maybe some magic you've seen from me or some general text that you've read or some uh, impressions that you've got from magic in general. Let's see. Um, with the magic that I've seen from you, I kind of like the whole energy transparent. Tra- no, excuse me. I don't Transference. know the words. Yeah, transparency. Yeah. Thing that you covered. I think you covered it in like a podcast or For YouTube sure. video. And then uh, what else? The So, like, as far as, like, the things that people manifest through magic, what would you like to manifest in your life through magic as far as, like, different rituals that maybe I've done or you've seen or maybe thought about? Was there anything that you would try to... Like, if you did use magic, what would you try to manifest in your life? Manifest. Hmm. Can it be, like, anything? It, it could be... It can be anything, but uh, perhaps maybe something that's kind of, like, mid-range, not something that's like, hey, I want to be a millionaire, <laughs> but something that's, like, in between, like, just basic... This is a middle ground manifesting as far as maybe a, a, a part of yourself that you want to improve or a part of uh, maybe something that you want to learn, perhaps something that um, you feel like would add to your life that perhaps could be, you know, a good meeting point between yourself now and like the best that you could experience somewhere in between. What would you want to manifest in your life through magic? Hmm. Manifest, manifest. I mean, I don't really know if this... Is something you can manifest, but I guess more like self-confidence. Self-confidence? That's definitely something that you could work on through Sigil. I've actually worked... Uh, I have a, a servitor that um, is for self-confidence and presenting myself in a better light than than uh, than me without the servitor. And, uh, yeah, you, so you, when you use Sigil magic, um, you, bas- you basically um, you create a sentence, an affirmation. You, you want it to be an affirmation. You don't want it to be... Uh, something that's like, oh, I wish I had this. No, it's, I have this. I have strength. I have spiritual strength or something like that. And then you write that down, and then you go through the central process of capitalizing all the letters, crossing out the repeats, and then uh, then you create the sigil by playing with the letters that are left over. And uh, then that can be uh, that can be a uh, that can be a sigil that you you step back from. It's it's not the exact statement itself, but it's it's the 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 construct the con the construction of the statement that you make into a sigil that can uh, basically attach to your subconscious and not your conscious because it is dis- dis- distance from the actual statement. And then that when you create a sigil, it can be for something like that. So then you can actually use that sigil. You can write it down. You can focus on it. You can meditate on it. You can use it as a talisman. And then uh, you, that would be a, a method of manifesting it in your life. Um, is there, so like out of all the things that you've seen me do when it comes to magic, uh, what is something that you understand like the least? Like what, what, what has just been really confusing when it comes to magic? And you can answer this too, Josh, if you want. Well, um, I don't, I'm not confused by anything that you do. I would say that um, if, I, if I were to use magic, it'd be to ground me. Um, help me be more sane. Um, uh, I, I, in my experiences with mental illness, things got really weird really fast, and that's why I personally don't want to practice magic because I think I, th- I think life as it is is weird enough as it is, just in my own personal experience. 
And, uh, that makes sense. Thanks. Yeah. So like, uh, for, for a lot of Nordic people's, uh, magic is actually called the magic channels beneath everything. It's called weird where it's where we get the word weird. <laughs> it's <laughs> W Y R D. It's, uh, so like that, that term for magic came from Nordic peoples and, um, and it kind of it, it kind of influenced us saying, oh, that's that's really weird. Basically, it's, it's magic that you don't understand is what, what why the term transferred into that. Um, when it comes to like uh, not complicating your life, it, it's totally understandable because a lot of the time when you use magic, there's a lot of there's a lot of energy manifestations. When you, especially when you're first practicing or like developing your skill, there's a lot of energy manifestations that uh, can make your life a little bit more chaotic as far as energy is concerned. And also, and if you have mental illness like uh, myself and Josh have, <laughs> and uh, Lena here also has, then uh, it can influence, um, it can influence delusion to a certain extent, and also perhaps manifest um, energy that, in our state and uh, with our um, with our you know disabilities in a way, uh, we're not as capable to handle. But in the same sense, once you get good at it then you don't run into that problem as uh, as much uh, it just takes some time when you're first starting out there's a lot of danger when you when you have when you tr- slowly attune to magic then that's that danger kind of passes more than it would if uh if you weren't attuned to it i do uh, want to say one thing I, I i do i guess i guess you could say i practice i, I do practice magic to some extent because i have a um, a shrine to christ and i do on average, burn about four incense a day each morning. Frankincense, right? Frankincense, yes. And uh, I always pray for the... Uh, I always give thanks for the blessings on humanity um, that we were that we were alive to begin with. And then I always pray for people who are in need, who are suffering. I'm um, kind, of, kind of a left-hand path, I guess. Uh, well, I, wouldn't, I don't know if I want to call myself a Christian necessarily, but I guess you could say I'm a left-hand Christian. Yeah, well, like, I, you know, I understand what you mean by that in the sense that you're meeting magic and Christianity halfway. Like, there's a, you know, there's there's a halfway meeting point. Um, yeah, uh, so, definitely, like, a lot of that, a lot of working with shrines, a lot of the actions that you take are very magical in the sense that you're trying to manifest things for other people and you're trying to manifest a better reality for yourself and you're also trying to connect to higher powers, which is a magical magical act in and of itself. Um, so when it comes to, is there any questions y'all have about, let's, you know, when it comes to magic, I work with the dead quite a bit and I consider it magic. Um, are there any questions y'all have about like working with the dead or, um, any statements you have about maybe something you liked about my path or other people's path when it comes to working with the dead? Is there, is there anything that's on your mind that you'd like to say or ask, you know, in that realm of, uh, in that realm of magic? Um, I, I do admire your use of what you call the sacred elixir, mm-hmm. your own blood, yeah. and uh, that's much like what. That's what that's what Christ would have um, would have said. He said he uses his blood for um, uh, kind of like a sacrament of sorts, uh, pure, yeah. a purifying. Um, and we drink. Can you expand upon the the blood elixir? I guess. Yeah, yeah, the sacred elixir. So like when Christ, so like Christ bled for us in a way, and you know. Catholics, they think they uh, they do believe that the wine turns into literal Jesus blood. No, no. When I say when I say literal, I mean like they they are told that they have to believe that it is the blood of Jesus when they take it. 
Um, though, you know, no Catholic would say, like, if you went and tested it, it'd be actual blood. It's more about the faith element, um, and taking in the blood of Christ that has to do with taking in the, um, the vibration and essence of what he tried to communicate to us. Um, but the, uh, the sacred elixir, which is what I call my blood, is, um, there's, there's this divide between your body and then you have, well, everything in your body, then you have this permeable permeable structure that is your skin between you and the world outside once you puncture that struck once you puncture that structure that keeps everything in not only does blood flow but the blood actually channels energy into whatever you have contact with um recently i did a the ritual where i i got some of my blood and i pressed it pressed my hands against the uh graveyard uh dirt and it was a direct contact between me and the space that I was in, a complete contact between me and the spirits that were in that graveyard. And um, really, your blood, when you use it in magic or ritual, it's an extension of your will. It is at pure action. It is it is complete and utter pure action and attunement with what you're trying to do without even saying anything, without even trying to you know write a spell down or anything like that. There is a complete and utter... Um, lack of permeability but a complete connection with what you're doing or what you're contacting with so you're you're translating everything you everything you want to do within uh in the ritual or in the spell into the the into the surfaces that you're making contact with whether it be tools whether it be a place as far as you know contacting the dirt whether it be uh, trees or animals or anything like that it, it creates a link because that's that, that that divide between you and everything else is is gone now. Your willpower link is is a huge part of magic. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and hear a word from our sponsor before we continue. Hello, everyone. We are back. So um, Josh has a question for me, then we'll go to Lena. What's the weirdest experience you've had with magic? Well, unfortunately, the weirdest experience, um, I went to this one graveyard that's um, kind of about 25, 30 minutes away from Denton, Texas, and the weird, it was it was disturbing because uh, the, the graveyard felt very chaotic and in pain. It wasn't a good and peaceful feeling like I get from the some other graveyards that I go to, and, you know, I did my offerings to the spirits, um... I use my spirit box to record, or ghost box, spirit box, people call it different things. Basically, it's a scanner that scans multiple radio waves very fast, and I uh, I did a video with that, um, and during the whole offer, like, when I went back to the video, you know, later on, uh, the whole point where I was talking to the spirits was slowed down in the video to, like, very, very slow to where I couldn't use it. Then right when I asked them to speak, it was sped up to normal speed. And so it it only it only started when I started to talk to the spirits, and then you know I did the introduction and everything. Then I started talking to the spirits, and it slowed down. And then right when I offered the spirit box to the spirits to speak through, um, then it sped back to, back up to normal speed. So it it there was this does this has never happened except in one of the, one other instance when I was creating a blood talisman. But any kind of other video, normal video, it never happened ever. Only those these two times, and. Um, not only did that happen, and uh, not only did that happen, but while I was driving back from this graveyard, after making these offerings and then trying to communicate with the spirits, um, my back started to hurt pretty bad. And once I got back home, my back was in severe pain. And my, I, you know, I asked somebody to feel my back, and then there was a big lump right next to my spine. 
and um, it was very bad back pain for about 13 days. It literally like 13 days, and then it completely disappeared. It didn't subside. It just completely disappeared. Um, it completely disappeared after those 13 days. It didn't slowly subside, and then um, after that, I was like, okay, so I'm going to go back and do this the right way. And then when I went back a couple weeks later, um, I did another ritual, and uh, I was more respectful. I did more offerings. And then I came back, and then my, my spine, I had a lump next to my spine for about seven days, so I did a little bit better. But the thing is, I wasn't, I nev never had back pain, and I wasn't, like, digging up graves. I wasn't doing anything that would be hard on my back at all. But as soon as I got back, both those days, it's my back had this huge lump on my back. Which is a kind of a thing that you know that spirits are congregating there to cause you pain. That's an, it's an old saying. I didn't realize it was true until it happened to me, but I've never had back pain, never had a lump on my back. But that's what happened. Those are the two instances where, like, those were the most shocking to me because of how much pain I was feeling. There's been other times when I've captured certain, you know, paranormal things, like a little orb floating behind me uh, when I was talking about Papa Legba. Or, um... A very, you know, a very ghostly slash, you know, big, uh, long sigh after I was contacting this one spirit at IOF Cemetery. Um, and I had actually dug dug a little bit in to offer an offering. And there's this huge ghostly sigh like she was relieved. Um, and there's been, there, there's, there definitely has been other ones. But those two times when my back really started hurting for no reason, I wasn't doing any back labor. Uh, those were the two times when it you know, the magic that I did and whatever I experienced really freaked me out. And, um, now I'm less freaked out by it. If it happened again, I just know that I need to improve on, you know, my, what I'm doing in the ritual. But anyway, I'm going to turn over to Leah. Let me, or Lena, let me go ahead and uh, hear a question from her. Um, are you worried about any repercussions when working with the dead? Um, as far as the dead are concerned, uh, it depends on the dead. So like, it basically is a question, are you concerned about the repercussions with working with people? And it's like, it depends on which people. Um, so the dead, unfortunately, we, we, can't, we can't get as much of a read on them because you have to really attune yourself to get information from the dead. So, yes, I, um, I am concerned when I'm dealing with... So the reason this kind of feeds into why my back was hurting this one graveyard, there was a lot of people that were killed by the KKK in Denton, a lot of uh, black people that were, you know, a lot of black people that were uh, living in Denton after the Reconstruction, they were, they kind of went to this one area, and a lot of them were buried in this one cemetery, and, the, and right during Reconstruction, after, uh, after the Civil War, there was a huge KKK uh, presence in Denton, Texas, and basically, they completely wiped out this whole town of African Americans. And most of them were buried in this one graveyard. Um, it, this, this was actually discovered recently in a in a in a study by uh, some some seniors at uh, UNT that uh, the the population went down a few hundred, and those few hundred people were actually African American, and they were in this one spot. So a lot of them were buried there, and they're like, of course, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of um, you're gonna have a lot of. Uh, you're gonna have a lot of tension, of anger, of you know, children, men, women killed, uh, for no reason at all, and buried buried in the cemetery. You're gonna have a lot of negative energy, and maybe even towards white people, but I don't think that's it. I think it's just a lot of negative energy, like sadness and despair. 
It's one reason that I don't mind that KKK or that Confederate general statue being taken down in, in Denton because all those all those KKK members were former Confederates and then they right after right during Reconstruction they killed um hundreds of black people just because they're like, Oh, you're free now? Well screw you, I'm gonna kill all of you. Um so yeah, there's no reason to have that statue up. But at any rate, yeah, that's uh that does feed into my concern, uh, after those experiences, I was very much concerned with, you know, which, you know, how do I approach different spirits? What are the inclination of different spirits? How can I figure out what their inclination is? Um, so that was definitely a concern. So like, I guess we'll go to the next question. Um, does magic take a toll on you mentally or physically? Like your mental? Uh, it depends on how you do it. So physically and mentally, physically, for sure, if you do a bad Mentally, for sure, if you do bad. But mentally, it's actually more likely to happen because uh, than physically. But it's still, if you know what you're doing, it's not going to happen. But uh, definitely because we have this idea of reality. And when we have a certain idea of reality, um, when magic shows us that's not the true idea, this is actually not reality, that's not, that's not, our conception of reality is not correct, that can really mess with your mind. Um, that can really, like, that can really tear it who you are and where you think your place is in the universe. Because when magic, you know, question magic itself isn't, I wouldn't say sentient necessarily as an energetic force, but it can cause you to question certain things just by accidentally putting a light on different things that we consider as being normal. And when, once we realize, you know, maybe this, you know, this isn't normal everywhere, or maybe this isn't normal. This is the only thing we can see. Magic is like a spotlight on things that you ne- you wouldn't necessarily consider without practicing magic. So it's like this big spotlight that you're directing in different areas, and you're like, oh my god, this is what reality really looks like, or oh my god, this is who I truly am. That's that's kind of, uh, that's how magic can perform its, its function and can be disconcerting to a lot of people. I guess we'll take one more question. Um, what would you say to those who believe practicing magic is bad or, you know, evil? evil. Yeah. Um, I would say that, um, it's usually something people have been told or it's something that has been interpreted from a book that people have been told. Um, there's magic in every single religion and spiritual uh, sect. Um, it's just that, um, so when it comes to religion, a lot of people like uh, magic is all about enacting an actuality into the world. It's all about enacting Making your situation better. Not just leaving it up to God, not just leaving it up to spirits, not just leaving it up to whoever, but actually making your situation better. Actually manipulating morale, uh, reality so that certain things are manifested. Um, there's a lot of groups that would rather you just leave it up to God, leave it up to this or that being, and not do the work yourself. Um, so a lot of the time when people say magic is evil, it's just because they've been they've been forced into a position to where they think that they can't do anything for themselves and that God has to do it all. And I don't agree with that. And, um, you know, it's not even just about Christianity, Islam, Judaism. Uh, it's not even necessarily about um, different spiritual paths that are very, like, monotheistic or polytheistic. It's all about how you see your path and how you use your path. And no matter who you are or what you believe, you can actually enact change you can't, you don't have to leave it up to God completely. And if you don't leave it up to God completely, then you do the work for yourself. God's going to see you as much, God is going to judge you in a more positive light because it's like, oh, you can ask for God, whatever it is. But if you do the work yourself, 
then God's going to look at you and say, hey, you did the work yourself. You didn't, you didn't demand that I do it. You didn't ask me to do it. Um, so you put in work. You put in work for your own path, your own manifestation, your own life. And, uh, and honestly, that's, uh, I think it's admirable before the eyes of God, if that makes sense, in the eyes of the source. So, hey, thank you very much for joining me, Lena and Josh. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if anybody has any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to contact me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash hunter.salazar. At any rate, thank you very much for listening. Hope to see all of you on the channel in the future.